So we are in the middle of chapter 34. Chapter 34 of Tanya, we said, has a similar goal to chapter 33. Both chapters, the idea is attaining joy by being Hashem's home. When you know you're a home for God, which means, in essence, you've fulfilled the purpose of creation, because the purpose of creation is to give God a home. We normally call that Mashiach, the time of the redemption, when the entire world is God's home. But right now, you haven't achieved Mashiach, but you've created Mashiach inside yourself. You yourself have given God a place to be freely expressed. Now, in chapter 33, which was a very deep and long chapter that we did in one shot, because it was a Wednesday, Tanya, there's a lot of deep steps of self-meditation, introspection, to come to an intellectual awareness of your relationship with God, that you could truly be his home, that he is truly freely expressed inside of your mind. In chapter 34, this is the common man's version of the approach, meaning we're not using deep intellect. We're doing practical things that achieve, in a sense, the same goal. There are two practical tools that every one of us can do, which also enable us to be God's home. So the last time we did this class, which was on Thursday, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Adar, we spoke of how classically individual people with a great relationship with God, like Aram Yitzhak Yaakov, like all the prophets, could truly house God. Only all the Jews, by the giving of the Torah, experienced God and were homes for God, but we said they couldn't handle it. So then we built him a physical structure, a home, called the Mishkan, the tabernacle, which then led to the first temple, which then led to the second temple. And with that, we come to yesterday's portion, where we said, but what happened after the destruction? So God had a home. He had over a thousand years of a physical structure between the tabernacle, first and second temple. It was over a thousand years when God had a physical location that was his home. And you could go into that physical location and, and connect to God and see God. When you went into the temple... There were ten daily miracles that you saw God. You experienced him. But now what do we have? So now our sages tell us, this is from the Talmud, that from the destruction of the temple, where is God's home? His home is found in halacha, in Jewish law. God put himself in the study of Jewish law. Meaning, Jewish law, we're saying uniquely, more than any other part of Torah, expresses God as it is not only the complete expression of his wisdom, as is all of Torah, but it's also the complete expression of his will. I want this to be permissible. I don't want this to be permissible. I want this to be prohibited. So all of God's will and wisdom is Torah. All of Torah is what his thoughts are and what he wants. But in halacha, in Jewish law, 
it's most apparent, it's most visible. So therefore, that was the natural home for him because his will and wisdom is the first expression of self. So he put himself in that first expression of self in Jewish law, which means all you need to do is learn halacha, is learn Jewish law. And during the time you are learning, you are housing God in your mind. As long as you learn, you have become, for that duration, a home for God. Wow. How much do I learn? Well, it depends on the reality of your life. It depends how much time you have to learn. Right? Our sages say we should at least have a sheer, a regular time of study in the morning and in the evening. And the Altarada, when he quotes that, doesn't even bring in the idea of the evening. He says at least have a regular study session, at least once a day. Meaning, if every day, at some point in the day, you learn halacha, you learn Jewish law, for as many minutes as you're learning Jewish law, you are Hashem's home. Wow. Hashem says, look at that, that's so easy. And halacha is actually one of the most easy things to study because it's so concrete. You're studying something like we're learning right now. It's deeper. You have to have a certain type of mind to really grasp it. As its depth, halacha? Halacha is the simplest thing. It's the realities of our life. So a person, when he realizes this, when he realizes that all I have to do is learn halacha, and I'm going to set up a regular time every day when I'm going to learn halacha, and during those moments I'm God's home, he's going to feel such joy. I'm meriting to be God's home, and I'm probably meriting to be God's home twice a day, because every Jewish man should take upon himself to have a regular study session twice a day. So if in both of my regular sessions, which I'm going to do anyway, because I'm an Orthodox Jewish man, I'm going to be studying halacha. Wow! Twice a day, I'm home for God. Of course, for Jewish women, we might not have this obligation of this twice daily study session, but we have an obligation to learn everything we need to know to function as Jewish women. And that's an awful lot of laws. Bulbavitcherava says, if men would only know everything that a woman has to know, they'd be in very good shape. So we've got lots and lots of halacha we need to know to lead our homes and lead Jewish lives. So if we only can study that on a regular basis, every day as we study it, we are housing God. That, that feels amazing. That's an amazing motivation to learn law. And a person could say, if you really get into this, wow, I'm God's home, but only twice a day or only once a day or... I'm going to make a time 15 minutes at night after my kids go to sleep or, or, or five minutes in the morning before, after they're off to school, before my life starts or when I'm on my break from work. You're really happy, but then you say, oi, what about the rest of the day? So the rather says that you can think you are going to study the most you can. This starts today's tiny portion. You're going to say the most you can as per the realities of your life. Meaning, in theory, well, I'd like to study all day. I, I, I could be God's home just by studying Jewish law. I, I want to study for hours. Oh, but I can't. Reality check. I work. Reality check. I have to shop and cook and clean 
and nurture lots and lots of souls. Reality check. I've got a lot going on in my life. I'd love to study more, but I can't. So the Rebbe says, fine, God understands that. Now, if in your head you would think sincerely, I mean, you can't fool God, and don't try it for yourself, but if you would sincerely think, if I had the ability, I would study more. Meaning now I can because I work. Imagine all those hours at work instead I could be studying God's law and be housing him. I'd love it. I have a lot of physical responsibilities in the home and someone else would take these over and I could instead study and be God's home. I'd love it. If you think that sincerely, you mean it. You really mean it. I really would want to be your home for hours every day. And if you could change my reality, my financial reality, and I could have more free time to study, I would. On a certain level, it says, God use a good thought like a deed. So on a certain level, it's not on a practical level, it's on a intellectual plane, but on the level of intellect, you are truly committing to those hours that you're not currently able to do. So on a certain spiritual level, on some level, it's as if you were studying all those hours. Again, you can't have just like a random thought, oh, it'd be nice to study more, but oh, well, I can't. That, that, we don't mean that. But like real concentrated, focused thought, I want to be your home. And if I could be studying now instead of doing what I, what I need to do, I would do it. I'd love to be studying now and be your home. And you keep thinking that thought, I wish I was studying now. I'd be your home. I'd love to. I'd rejoice in being your home now. All those thoughts create a certain spiritual reality as if you were truly studying. So that's one way that instead of only being got home for the five, ten minute time slot you allocated to yourself today, you could be at home for hours and hours. By thinking and meaning it, if I didn't have to do what I was doing right now, I'd be studying. I'd be your home. But there's also another approach. Now the first approach, the idea of studying halacha, is firmly grounded in the Talmud. Because the Talmud says that from the destruction of the temple, God's home is in Jewish law, in halacha. This approach is more an innovation of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe will give proofs on how he derived this. So I don't know if we're going to have time to go through the proofs. The second approach is through charity, through giving tzedakah. Because tzedakah is one of the most godlike things we can do. Because that's what God does. Every single minute. He's giving charity. So when we give charity, we're emulating him in a very, very, very deep way. So if we're emulating him so deeply, he's coming to us. He's going to be housed in us because we're being so godlike by giving charity. So this is the second strategy of the chapter. Last chapter strategy was a lot of deep inner work to change your mind and open yourself up that you truly can have God revealed in your brain. This chapter, we speak of the learning of halacha, and when you can't learn, thinking and wishing you were learning. And if your financial reality changed, you would be learning. That was the first strategy of this chapter. And this is the second one, giving charity, which is an action. So it's, it's more in a part of our physical world than a thought, if I didn't have to work right now, instead I'd be learning. That's a very powerful action. It's a very godlike action. But then you could say, all right, so that means I can give charity maybe a few times a day. 
beyond the five minutes I allocated to learn halacha, to learn Jewish law, but it's still not all day. The Rebbe says, actually, in a sense, charity is, or charity is very broadly encompassing. How is charity so broadly encompassing? Because you give a percentage of your earnings to charity. From our sages' perspective, we should be giving at least a tenth. From all of our Bayim's perspective, even we see it rooted in the Baal Shem Tov, and definitely here in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe mentions it several times, and all of the other Rebbeim continue with the same approach, we should give 20% to charity. The Rebbe says give even more than 20. So the Rebbe says, I'll make very simple numbers. You earned $100. Well, you're supposed to give 20% to charity. So you're going to give $40 to charity. Uh, sorry, you're going to give $20 to charity. That was 40%. Okay, so you earned 100 You give 20% to charity. So you give $20 to charity. And $80 is for your pocket. $20 is for charity's pocket. And here you write your check. So you just give $20. And you have many, many minutes of the day when you're not giving charity and you're not God's home. Service says no. How did you get that $20? I mean, you know, money didn't fly into your mailbox from heaven. You worked for it. And let's say it took you, I don't know, an hour to create that $20. So you worked, I'm trying to make the math really easy for us. You worked five hours. You got paid $20 an hour. You earned $100. A fifth, 20%, $20, one hour's work you gave to charity. So actually, the entire hour you were working is part of your charity. Because you wouldn't have that $20 in your pocket if you didn't work for the hour. Oh, okay. So since charity is also a means of housing God, and it took you an hour's work to create that 20%, so you have that whole hour that's part of the charity. So for that whole hour, you're housing God. Oh, okay. So I worked for five hours. And for one of those hours, one hour's worth of earning, 20%, I'm housing God. But what about the other four hours? Whoever says no. Actually, the entire – are you still hearing me? Can someone let me know if they're still hearing me? Yep, still hearing. Okay, good, good, good. Sometimes when I get calls, I, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to lose a connection. So you work for five hours. 20% of your earnings you're giving to charity. $20, one hour's work. So for 60 minutes, I'm a charity for God. For 60 minutes, I'm God's home because it took – 60 minutes of work to create that 20% of the money. Service says, no, it's more than that. Why is it more than that? Because you're getting a percentage of your earnings. You're getting 20%. To create 20%, you need 100%. You're only giving $20 because you have $100. So it wasn't just four hours I'm working for myself. One hour I'm working for God. And the one hour I'm working for God, then I'm his home. No. If you're working for God, for 20% of your earnings, that means 100% you need to create the 20. So all five hours of your work are part of being God's home. Because you needed the five hours to get the 20% of that one hour of work and $20 to give that to charity. So you're not just God's home when you write the check. You're not just God's home for 20% of the time of your earnings, that one hour. You're God's home for the entire 100% of the time for all five hours because you need the five hours to create the one hour to create the 20% that you're giving to God. And the Rebbe says this is just like the sacrifices, that charity is compared to a kurba. 
That's what our sages say, that the commandment of charity is equal to the, is equivalent to the kabbanos. And by sacrifice to God, you offer one animal on the altar. The entire animal kingdom is elevated. You're offering a handful of fine flour. The entire vegetation kingdom is elevated because it's representative of the whole. So just like one animal elevates the entire animal kingdom and one handful of flour elevates the entire vegetation kingdom, your 20% of your earnings elevates and makes a home for God all of your work. So that means all day long, because you're working all day long, of which 20% is going to charity, all day long, you're truly housing God when you're giving a percentage of those earnings to charity. Just to clarify, if you gave 10%, the same rules apply. I'm using 20% because the Rebbe here is writing 20% because that's his assumption of how much we should give. But if you gave 10%, the same thing would work, or if you gave 15%, the same thing would work. As long as it's a percentage of your earnings to create the percentage, you need the whole, which means the hours of the whole of work are creating that percentage of money, and therefore the whole time you're working, you are God's home. And the Rebbe just adds, as a final idea of this chapter, of not this chapter, of today's section, sorry, is that's an amazing thing charity's doing. It's making you God's home. And that's one amazing way to use your money. All the time worked for the money now makes you God's home. Additionally, the Rebbe says, besides the money you're giving to charity, which is Kedusha, which is godliness, which is a mitzvah, if you take some of that money and you're using it, you're going shopping, using it for food. But then you go with that food and serve God with the food. You learn with the energy of the food. You pray with the energy of the food. That food, and therefore even that money spent earning that food, is also going up to God, also becomes very, very holy. So just to summarize this final point, within money, the Rebbe is saying, there are various things we can do which move it and us. When we give charity from percentage, all the work time is at home for God. When we take that money, okay, so now we've earned my $100. All five hours during the $100, I'm got home because I'm giving 20% to charity. Now I have $100 in my hand. Five twenty. I give one twenty to charity. That 20, it's a mitzvah, it's kedusha, it's godliness, it's, it's, it's what God wants. Now I have $80. $80, I go into the grocery store, I spent more than 80. All right, they want all my money. So now we take this $80 worth of groceries home, and we eat and we eat. And then we serve God. We take the calories, and we learn, and we pray, and we do all these good deeds through the energy of the food. Well, all that money, the Rebbe is saying, is also moving into holiness. It's not as high as when you literally take the cash and give it to charity. But it's also very godly because you need, you need food to have calories to serve God. And you need money to buy food to have calories to have energy to serve God. So all that money also became elevated besides being the time spent, God's home. All that money is elevated because all that money is enabling you to lead a healthy, fed, energized Jewish life. Any questions, star six? I have a question. Yeah, sure, Tammy. With with regards to um, learning halacha, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how does it only apply to if you sit down with a safer and open it up and start like going through everything? But what if you what if you ask your rival questions, so therefore you learn something new? Excellent question. 
during that time when you're asking your Rebbe a question and you're learning and assimilating his answer, you are learning. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If you want to create that as a daily occurrence, you know, <laughs> I don't know if your Rebbe will think it's a great idea. He might tell you to go find a book, but absolutely. Anytime, I know for myself because I do learn halacha regularly every day because I'm like, hey, you know, this is such an opportune concept. I shouldn't take advantage of it. But definitely if I will be asking a Shaila halacha question and getting an answer and I'm assimilating and thinking about the answer, I'm learning. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Really practical idea tonight, really applicable to our lives. Try to integrate it however you can. It's really special to be able to be God's home and the joy of knowing you're God's home. 